Today's episode of the Eurovision for Real podcast was previously recorded for video, so you can watch at youtube.com backslash Alicia Michelle or sit back and listen to the show. Hey, Eurovision fam, it's Alicia Michelle. Oh my goodness. I can't believe that, like, this is my first official Eurovision 2023 season video. It, it feels weird, but it also feels like no time has passed in a weird way. I, I finally launched a podcast. I feel like I've been having people tell me for years now, like, why don't you do a podcast? Why don't you do a podcast? For me, the reason why I didn't do one was because I was like, I've already built like this community on YouTube and I love it. And the fact that I can have the visuals and stuff. And I think the way that the internet has sort of gone where I think it's so easy for people to kind of misinterpret what you're saying. And one of the things I love about the video format is kind of those issues that come up with Twitter and just purely the written word where people can completely get things twisted and stuff. I think it's easier when people see me and they can see like kind of when I have that look about me that's like, okay, I'm joking. This isn't serious. <laughs> and so, yeah, so I think that's why I've shied away from it. Also, I have a background in radio. And so although I didn't mind helping other people start their podcast and, and help them to kind of find like their creative podcast-like voice, I guess for me, I just was sort of like, okay, that's just one more thing. And then I also was just like, well, will anyone listen? But you know what? Your girl is ambitious. She's ambitious and she said to herself, Look, you're doing this on YouTube. You got a site, you write. Just go on and add another thing to the mix. Just go for it, girl. Why not? So here I am now to bring you, I think, one of my more anticipated videos. And I almost was not going to do my 10 things this year. Well, I almost wanted to wait until we had the host city because I was like, okay, once we have the host city, some questions I think will already be answered for us. And I was thinking, okay, well, not only will some questions already be answered for us, but then, you know, I could really give cultivated, thoughtful advice that's tailored to the location as well. You know, so, uh, so I was going to wait. I was going to wait, but it's been a minute. And, you know, it's nice to be here. gonna get into my 10 things that I don't want to see I guess it's I, I guess it's see here vibe check at Eurovision 2023 okay so when I say that I started this list actually like right after Eurovision 2022 and and there are like three things on this list that I wrote like directly following Eurovision 2022 and then the rest, I've allowed myself to marinate. I've allowed myself to take a little step back and look back at the show that was Eurovision 2022. So some of this is based on like just directly what happened. And then some of it has been like just some vibe check things that I'm hearing sort of in the space. So I was sort of like, okay, where do I want to start? 10 things. 
I don't want to see at Eurovision 2023. I'm going to start here because this might be the obvious one. And this is poor planning. And poor planning in particular in regards to what went down with the stage, y'all. Now, I was not one of those people that was just like, oh gosh, it's just so awful. I mean, look, these things happen. That's why you always have a plan B. I also think any one delegation who just was heavily relying on a set piece or a stage piece, I don't think that that was smart planning on their part because you're not bringing it. It can't be reliable. I don't know. I'd be a, a, a paranoid. <laughs> I would be a paranoid nervous stage mom nervous wreck stage mom if I was simply relying on the tools that would be provided on me to like guarantee a solid performance so I think it was already risky just to think that the stage was going to be completely working but I also don't fault anyone for thinking that it's going to work because this is the Eurovision Song Contest and I think a piece of the contest that people forget is the fact that Eurovision you know, it really is about these technological advancements. Yes, it is about the technological advancements. And this stage was going to be so epic, y'all. It was going to be so epic. It was going to be so beautiful. But clearly it was too ambitious because then it didn't really work in the way that it needed to work. So I don't think that we're going to have an issue like this. But, I, but I'm saying my first thing is poor planning. And, and I'm... I'm I'm leaning on the stage. It should have been more together than what it was. Sorry, y'all. But we're not going to let that happen again. It's not going to happen again. It's just not. It's just not. Next up, and you know, I just another plug for my podcast is called Eurovision for Real because y'all know, know I always say like real talk. So real talk, honestly, I don't know how this happened last year and I really need it to not happen again. And basically the next thing is... I don't want to see a song that got no televote points in the semifinal in the grand final. I don't want it. We don't need it. The people literally don't want it. I I don't even really know how that happened other than just, you know, being able to be smart enough to look at math and points. That, no. And no shade because I, I, I actually didn't mind the song. I thought the performance was extremely impactful. The vocal performance was amazing. Yes. But did nobody from the public want you to advance? Did nobody from the public want you to advance? Not in a way that uh, that an assortment of meaningful points were able to come together to advance you into the grand final. Like that should never, ever, ever happen again. I mean, honestly, like if I didn't know how good the song was and if I couldn't appreciate how amazing of a vocal performance was this is a scenario to be like low-key hot pissed <laughs> this is a realistic eurovision scenario to be like wtf ew ew don't ever 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 in your life let that happen again and real talk i think it doesn't help like the overall credibility of the contest to have something that did nobody want there advancing like it just doesn't it just doesn't and then also it's like the grand final then people have to sit through that in the big show you know what i mean like did nobody wanted to advance and then at the big show people had to consume it you know, like, again, if I if I wasn't able to appreciate the beautiful staging and the amazing vocal performance, 
this would be a travesty. It would just it would just be like, what? How did this get here? It would be an outrage. And Loki, if anybody was outraged that that happened, I'm not outraged. But if anybody was outraged that that happened, they had every right to be outraged. That's crazy. That's crazy. That's crazy. A song with no televotes <laughs> in the semi, in the grand final at the big show. No, it just, ugh, no, we don't want that. This is going to be one of those technical things that I'm calling out and some of y'all probably didn't even notice. Some of y'all probably don't even care, but I wouldn't be me if I didn't mention it, but pad. Okay. The thing that I don't want to see is long shots of the audience that are clear moments to fill the ad, the, the, the space before we actually go to the stage. So it basically means that what's happening is they're resetting the stage, you know, and let's just say, I, I don't know if this is true, but let's just say that we had some stage hands with some, you know, chilling vibes that are just taking their sweet time, moving one set piece to the next, knowing that this is a live show that has to go. We're not just sat here waiting. We do have a time limit on this show. Um, I don't want the just sweeping shots of the audience because there were moments when it was like the audience stopped clapping. So then you were just looking at this audience after the performance like, yeah, we're ready for the next thing. And it just, we weren't there yet. And so to me, what I think that we should do to prevent this. So, so the third thing I'm talking about is like crowd, extended crowd shot pad. Don't do that. What we need to do is just make sure that when we film our postcards, if we know in the rehearsals it's taking them a real long time, you know, to reset this, just give us more postcard or something. Give us something more compelling to look at. And I'm not saying that y'all aren't beautiful in the audience. I'm not saying that. But it's almost kind of shady. Like there were moments where it was like, okay, the audience wasn't even feeling it. And we can tell that they weren't feeling it because the camera is still sweeping across. And these people are like, let me get in my seat. You could see people like, okay, maybe this is the time to go to the bathroom slash maybe some people coming back from the bathroom. <laughs> Let's just prevent that from happening, people. Let's prevent it from happening and the way we're gonna do that is we're gonna have extended postcard shots and actually I'm gonna go to my next thing because this is related as well if we don't have the extended postcard versions to fill the space to you know do the set pieces my fourth thing is a show with no green room interviews there wasn't a lot of green room interviews we didn't really get to talk to the contestants and that was a shame that was something that was missing uh, from the show, I, I felt it like it was a hole that was kind of like, yo, like we saw the host, like what his Alessandro at a moment, you know, was in the green room doing skits and stuff. But with love, I don't care about you. We're not, We're not, there, not there to watch, to watch you. you. We're, We're there, there to watch, to watch the, performers. the performers. Like, and, and the skits, you know, it was like some of them were good. Alessandro actually, I thought he was good. The time when Mika was in the green room, though, ugh, No, we need green. We need the green room interviews. We I want a green room host 
if we're waiting for the set pieces to go up or someone's having a wardrobe malfunction and we need to create space, we create space by connecting with the artists. We create space by connecting with the performers in the green room. If we have a show without that, like, I just know that's not what I want. These, these are my 10 things, my 10 things. Other people might not care, okay? And I'm not even the target audience for the show. So people are just watching this really for entertainment value. What do I know? I, I think in the past too, what some people have talked about with the green room is sort of this effect where it's like, oh, they always talk to this person or people are getting special treatment. And I get that. And so I recognize that that could be a symptom of, of having this and, and maybe something that ends up being negative where it's like, oh, they keep going to this person. Oh, they keep going to this person. And like this person's not getting shine. So I understand maybe the hesitancy and do it, but I think the benefit outweighs. It's just, it's entertaining. It feels more spontaneous. We get to connect with these artists. We can ask them things not only about themselves, but their country, about their song. And I just, it was just a missed opportunity last year. I personally felt. Alicia, hurry up. Alicia, hurry up. All right, all right, all right. Okay, I'm going to get to the next thing. Okay, the next thing, real simple. I don't want to see a cameraman on stage. At all. It ruins the illusion. It ruins the magic. And actually, I will even shout out. So obviously, we know the Netherlands performance. We saw a cameraman on stage. Unforgivable. Unforgivable. Especially with the song that was so deep and meaningful to that artist and then just to see someone in the background like oh shit it just didn't it, it just looks unprofessional it doesn't look clean and and one thing I've actually always loved about Eurovision I'm not saying that this is like the most perfect show but honestly in comparison to like live award shows in America Eurovision runs pretty smoothly for it to be the undertaking that it is, like in comparison to the Grammys, the VMAs, the Oscars, like these award shows that I've watched, I mean, where you'll see cameras get knocked and all this foolishness, Eurovision has always been surprisingly clean to me. And it's one of the things that I love. And last year didn't have that cleanliness with all of the butts, the silhouettes, the backs, the hands of the cameraman. And y'all loved this, well, I don't know if y'all loved this moment, but you know that moment where Sam Ryder, where the cage opens up? Why did we see the cameraman, or the cameraman, the stageman moving it? It just ruined the illusion for me. I was like, could we just zoom in real close on his face? Could we do like really a, a sweep of maybe some, some diehard UK fans with signs? just something it just killed the illusion where i'm watching this performance we see him in this cage and then that moment where you go oh wow they changed the stage we never got that moment because it was like oh i see they're changing the stage right now it's just glaring for me and it just doesn't lead to that magic and that mag the magic of television production we didn't get that we didn't get that there was a lot of like given away the tricks by seeing the hands, seeing the stageman, seeing the cameraman. Next year, let's keep that magic alive. Let's keep the illusion alive. You know, we're creators. We want to see magic happen. We don't we don't always want to see the behind the scene things. Like I love those things where like you'll watch a movie and then they tell you how they did the trick. Or even like the concert backstages of like, oh, how did she change the outfit? Like I like watching that after. Because it's interesting because when I watch it initially, it's just like, how did that happen? And then I can choose to find out how they made it happen after. 
I don't want to see the process. It just ruined it. I just, no. Next up, y'all, I'm over it. I know COVID is still happening. And I know that um, the panty, you know, affected things at Eurovision. But I'm done with the backing, the pre-recorded backing vocals. I'm over that. We need to let those go. We need to let those go. Again, another one of the things that I love about the Eurovision Song Contest is the fact that people, like, I, I think half of it, well, maybe not 50%, but a solid 30% of Eurovision is, is how you translate it to stage, vocally, how you take this track. I mean, it's only three minutes. If you can't sing three minutes of your song, it's a problem. Like, it's a problem. If you can't sing three minutes of your song, come on, come on, come on. you don't need to be singing. Singing does not need to be your career. It could be a hobby. But it ain't a career. I just think we've done it. It it takes away something. It takes away something. It takes away something. I'm over the pre-recorded backing vocals. This year, let's have people just have their background singers. Let them get singer-dancers if they need core. There are plenty of talented singer-dancers who can dance, 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 dance and sing let's get some of those okay 10 things i don't want to see at eurovision 2023 all right we've got four left okay we're gonna make it through this with eurovision happening in the uk i feel like this is i'm gonna say this only to market but i am not concerned about this occurring i just want to say that i'm not concerned about this occurring we need to have planned, sanctioned, fan, Euro, Eurovision, fan cafe, uh, Euro club. We need planned, sanctioned events. And if y'all want to think about like a, a nice, exclusive fan program, call me. I have ideas. I do logistics. I do event planning. <laughs> I could help you if you feel like this is just not something that you want to be bothered with. Call me. I, I will take that on. We cannot have a Eurovision Song Contest without like sanctioned events. This event is too big in, in the world. It brings together so many people. You know, I don't know really what went down with um, with the Euro Village where people couldn't go and, and watch it. But apparently there was no water. Like I just I just feel like there was such a hunger last year for people to come together. And that hunger was not, you know, satisfied. And this year, I think that hunger is going to be even more insatiable. And we need to give the people what they want. Like, this is the beauty of Eurovision is it is a community. It's something that people can experience in real life. Think about so many other fandoms where you don't really get that in-person experience, where it's really difficult to be a part of it. Eurovision is one of those really unique and rare sort of situations where you can experience it in real life and connect with people in real life and i just don't think that there was a lot of thought into that and and planning and preparedness for that but again i'm not worried i think it happening in the uk I, I, it's there will be this but i'm just noting it you know hopefully just to drive that message home so one of those things that i don't want to see yeah no plan sanctioned euro fan club for like accredited and like accredited media and like okay folks and i also think like honestly i think the artists felt that gap 
I think the artists were also really isolated and some people go, oh, well, you know, like it was COVID and everything. Yeah, but for accredited press and the artists, we were, you know, COVID testing regularly. And so to me, the logical thing would be, okay, well, we're COVID testing everyone. We don't really want these people interacting in general public. You know what I mean? We want to give them a space where it's just like, okay, everyone can kind of come in here and we know all of us have been tested. Like we know everybody got their test this morning. So like tonight we can really be out and feel comfortable because we've only been around each other. So to me, it just, even if we wanted to use COVID as a reason, that just felt a little bit illogical to me because I'm like, okay, but you're not giving people really a, a, a sanction. I don't even want to say private, but yeah, like sanction area for people who are accredited and like okay like people i hope i'm saying that right <laughs> um people to be and yeah it just y'all understand what i'm saying yeah i think you'll i think you get what i'm saying i think you get what i'm saying so i won't belabor it but i just was like even if it is covid like then why would you have those people in a position to be just going to like random bars and clubs in the area where they're going to be around general public that aren't getting tested regular <laughs> all right okay i'm down to my top three these are the three things I don't want to see at Eurovision 2023. I'm going to do an easy one. Genre homogeny. I feel like recent years of Eurovision have shown folks the audience is a little bit more um, into different than you're giving them credit for delegations. The audience is still really receptive to things that are out of the box. We don't need a ton of one type of genre. We don't need all pop songs. Again, this is not the Eurovision pop song contest. This is the Eurovision song contest. So please, y'all, when you are sitting down to select the artists and the songs, it's okay to take a risk. Please, give us what we want. I honestly almost think it's like shooting yourself in the foot at this point to play it safe. Like, I really do. I think it's almost like, oh, like you'll just be DOA if you just do like some generic ballad. You got to find a way to stand out. And so, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what else to say. I just don't want any genre homogeny. I'm going to keep it simple. All right, I'm down to the final two. Ten things. We're going to get through this. We're going to get through this, y'all, because we're going to have an amazing Eurovision 2023. I am speaking it into existence. I am manifesting it. Manifesting. Amazing fan experience. Euro club. Euro fan cafe. Hopefully combined Euro club and Euro fan cafe in one building. One major site with a stage, with a cafe. You know, you can get food, hang out during the day planned events you know nights where we focus on like certain artists you know where we have like israeli night we have nordic night and stuff and and maybe even bring in some special talent have like a set host of the set area i mean i'm, I'm already telling y'all too much run me my check run me my check <laughs> all right no but eurovision 2023 is going to be great especially because we're going to move on to the next thing and what we're not going to have is jury mess yeah we're going to have juries that uh you know do their job stay unbiased we're gonna have juries that do what they're supposed to do we're gonna have jurors who understand that this is an important undertaking and that they would not want to be caught 
being a part of any type of scandal, being a part of cheating, jurors that really just go with their gut and pick the songs that they think are great. They don't listen to someone of like, well, you know, they said they're going to vote for us, so we're going to do this. Yeah, we're not going to have that this year. We're not. Because low-key, we didn't have it in the grand final because all y'all's scores got tossed out. So clearly it's not going to happen. Clearly the EBU is not here to play games with y'all. So how about you just not play games? How about you just do the job that you're tasked with doing? It's not difficult. And honestly, if you feel that you've been selected as a juror and, and you see some funny business going on, snitch, tattletale on them, snitch. Call them out because I don't want to have like a winner of Eurovision and then people, you know, like, oh, well, you know, so-and-so was talking about who wants that? Who wants this? This is an amazing contest. Don't bring that mess over here. We don't want it. We don't need it. Oh, seriously. Don't play that stuff. It's just not cute. It's really not cute. And and I just want to say this. Are they, is the EBU keeping a list of these people so then they don't get to be jurors again? If you're not, run me my check. Keep that list. Keep that list. Because you know, some of these people, they tr- they've done it before. So that's why they're thinking like, oh, we can just do this. Like, we, like we've done it before. So like, we just going to do it again. Yeah, but we're not, we're not doing that anymore. We're not. This is going to be one that's going to sting for some of y'all. <laughs> so go on and buckle up. You're a vision for real. You're a vision for real. I don't want to see anyone saying, and this is for both sides. So I don't want to see any or hear anyone talking about, Oh, there wasn't enough Ukraine represented on the stage. And conversely, Oh, there wasn't enough of like UK culture on the stage. You know why I don't want to see it? Because this is going to be challenging. It's because I know we're going to see it. <laughs> Like, low-key, I feel like I'm already seeing it. And the show hasn't even happened. The show hasn't even happened and we're already seeing it. Because some of y'all just want to have an issue. What is that like, just to, like, walk Earth, just being miserable? I'm an optimist. I really, really am. Like, like I really do go into everything. Like, this is going to be dope. Like, it's going to be dope. Like, I know it's going to be dope. Like, I'm just hoping, like, they're going to get it together. Here's the thing. It is going to be impossible. Let me repeat that. It is going to be an impossible task for this show to come out and have equal parts Ukraine, equal parts UK. It's going to be impossible because of the way that people act. The show could be all Ukrainian interval acts, all Ukrainian hosts, and if there are two UK skits in the middle People are going to be like, oh, they didn't even win. Well, but guess what? You know what they are doing? Dropping a whole lot of dough to put on this show. Allocating a whole lot of resources, people resources, people resources too, to put on this show. And you mean to tell me that like UK folks can't have one host on the stage? I mean, come on. I bet if we have four hosts total, let's say four hosts on stage total. And one UK person. How could they? How could they do that? 
They didn't even win. It is going to be an impossible task to please everyone. And so I really just hope the broadcasters focus on giving us the best show that they possibly can. Don't worry about the chicka chick, as my dad would say, because there are just going to be some people who are miserable and there will be no way to appease them because they're just already talking shit, okay? They already got a whole lot of mess to say and we haven't even gotten anything yet. We don't even have a host, a host city and they're already complaining. But I just, I just don't want to say, I think we just all need to come with the basis of it is going to be impossible to do this. This is a really unique scenario. I mean, it might even just be logistically possible to have as much Ukrainian talent as we want. And quiet as is kept, and I might have to do a whole video on this. I might, I'm might, i probably going to do a podcast on it, so tune into the podcast, but I'll give you a little taste now. Quiet as is kept. When I, I asked this on Twitter, who do you think should host, like, and this is People, Eurovision 2023. The bulk of responses I got from people, the bulk, the majority of responses were all naming UK personalities. Slightly unsurprising, but that was like the majority. I didn't, and then for the people who were mentioning um, Ukrainian folks, it was a whole lot of the dude, like that one dude, Timur, who already hosted in 2017. He already got his shot in 2017. We don't need him to come back. You mean to tell me y'all couldn't come up with no new people? Now, that's not saying, I'm, I'm not saying that no one did. So there were a few people, but the bulk of responses were people mentioning UK television presenters and that one dude who already hosted from 2017. And don't get me started on the people talking about Jamal as your host. Just because somebody wins you. And I and this is, I have been very solid and consistent with this. I am not a huge fan of like you won Eurovision, you get to come back and host. Let the TV present. There's a reason why TV presenters have jobs. Okay. They're good at presenting the TV. <laughs> you know? So like, I don't think we have to go to the singers. But yeah, like I just was, I was surprised at sort of the lack of creativity in of people and the lack of, like I guess, fandom even filling in the blanks of who should host. So it made me think, I was just like, this whole time I've been thinking, okay, we'll have a majority Ukrainian hosts and then maybe one UK representative. But look, if y'all can't come up with people <clears throat> and options, then what do you think the I'm like I don't even know if the team will be able to do it because I, I was really expect I, I was ready to go down the rabbit hole of looking some of these people up, but you was just giving me people I already knew and like not that many Ukrainians. I was surprised. I was surprised. All right. Well, oh my gosh, that was my first video of Eurovision 2023. What do you think? Talk to me in the comments below. Do you disagree with what I had to say? I mean, these are my ten things. They don't have to be your ten things. Drop down and talk to me in the comments below. We don't have to agree. No, that would be boring. All right, just talk to me in the comments below. If there's anything that you agreed with, talk to me in the comments below. And maybe we need to continue this conversation. I'm, I'm going to talk about it on my podcast. But the hosting thing, what's going on with that? Like, surely, like, we, we got to have a short list of, like, 10 dope Ukrainian TV presenters, maybe comedians 
or something. I would be into that. Like ten dope Ukrainian folks who could totally host. And this is the this is the criteria that have not hosted before. So eliminate all the 2017 folks and eliminate everybody who has performed for Ukraine. Let's start from there. Let's start from there because I am sure there are some like funny Ukrainian television presenters who would be great at this job. Yes, drop down, talk to me in the comments below. If you haven't already, please don't forget to like this video and don't forget to subscribe. You know, it's true. I got more content coming for you. So thank you so much for watching. <laughs> Bye. Let's get excited for Eurovision 2023. We're going to have a host city soon. And honestly, I think we're going to have our host when we get that host city. I just think, like, I think that. We're going to know who's hosting when they drop the host city. Yeah. It's going to be a package delivery. <laughs>